Okay. All right. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. We are here with another episode of the Antler Queens podcast. I am media Melanie Rose, and here we have... I'm Kelly. Hello. And uh, today is our third episode. We're going to be covering episode three called The Dollhouse. But before we dive into the episode, we just wanted to recap a little bit of Yellow Jackets news. Um, we found out that Ella Purnell, who of course plays Teen Jackie, is going to star in Fallout, the TV series. Uh, Kelly, talk more about that. Um, well, uh, Variety states, who's Purnell playing? We have no goddamn idea since Amazon is keeping extremely tight-lipped about this particular show, which is being produced by Westworld creator Jonathan Nolan. All we've got to go on is that her character might be named Jean and be a young woman with a can-do attitude who may be hiding a dangerous secret. Um, also, she could possibly be the protagonist of the show. She's one that I think is really going to blow up. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think so too. Um, you know, Jackie's been a really great role for her and I'm excited to see what she does next and uh, learn more about, you know, exactly what she will be playing in that new series, Fallout. Yeah. Um, and just one more little piece of uh, news or something we saw on Instagram and wanted to share. Um, Christina Ricci posted a photo of her and Sammy Hanratty, of who, of course, plays Teen Misty. Um, they were at the GLAAD Awards, and they're both dressed in these beautiful dresses and just wanted to shout out how great the casting is for Misty's character, really all the characters in Yellow Jackets. Um, they look really cute, and it's funny seeing them side by side like that. So just... It it little, is because you, you almost forget that they're different people sometimes when you're watching the show. <laughs> yep, exactly. They both bring so much to the Misty character and are yeah. equally wonderful in teen and adult versions. So just thought we'd share that. Um, and now let's dive into the episode. Uh, again, it is episode three. It is called The Dollhouse. Uh, it was directed by Ava Sorhog. Uh, writers Ashley Lyle, Bart Nickerson, and Sarah L. Thompson. And um, how about the episode recap, Kelly? The Yellow Jackets debate the merits of probably dying while staying put or probably dying while looking for shelter. Thaisa navigates a dirty attack ad and the other C word, cannibalism, obviously. <laughs> uh, Shauna sees about a boy. Yes, and uh, we open with a past timeline. Uh, we are back in 1996, and we see the girls having a funeral for everybody who sadly perished in the crash. Um, and we see a separate grave marker for Coach <laughs> Scott's leg, um, which is funny. That. Yep, and you know, a lot of the discussions in the fan groups reference Coach Scott's leg in kind of funny ways. Um, so that's kind of a running joke throughout. But um, yep, they they buried his leg and uh, and everybody else, and and had a little um, a little funeral, uh, which actually contains my favorite '90s moment in the whole show. Um, Van was eulogizing Rachel and said that she was going to see Oasis at the Meadowlands last month. She was really excited. And now she'll never hear Wonderwall again. 
Uh, God, I love Van. Yeah. She has the best one-liners. And I just love the, you know, nostalgia. Music is such a key part of Yellow Jackets and just getting some 90s bands referenced in there. I thought that was a really funny um, little nostalgic nod there. For sure. What, what do you think the chances are that when the girls got rescued, Misty went back and grabbed and grabbed Ben's leg? <laughs> I would say high to very high. You know, she is clearly very into Coach Ben. Um, <laughs> and of course, you know, she chopped his leg off with an axe without uh, hardly any hesitation. So I would say yeah. very, very high chances. Um, <clears throat> and, and during the funeral, we hear more references to trigonometry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Sadly, they apparently lost Rachel, who was the trigonometry expert. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll find out that they could have gotten out of the woods sooner if they had her with them. <laughs> she That's right. She never confused her secants and cosecants. So Rachel was apparently a math genius, and she will not be bringing those mathematical skills to the table here in the wilderness. Very sad. And apparently she's the only one they really cared about because she's the only one they eulogized. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, then, you know, as they're doing this kind of funeral thing, um, we see a flashback. Uh, Thaisa starts remembering a moment where she sat with her dying grandmother and um, leaves the prayer circle and then says she's, you know, going for a walk. And um, it kind of flashes into that scene with her grandmother again. And she's telling her that, uh, Dying is nothing to be afraid of. So that's an interesting flashback into Thais's childhood, maybe setting the table for who she is and why she is that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it this episode kind of focuses on Thaisa a lot with the three timelines, and um, it's uh, I found that I found that really interesting. And it's like, she, she seems to have this super, she's had the supernatural element following her around her entire life, but she doesn't really buy into it, which is, which is kind of interesting. It is interesting. And, yeah. um, you know, then we move into a present timeline where we have more Thaisa. Uh, she gets an email from her campaign manager, Bethany, and says that they have a problem. And what mm -hmm. is that problem? There is a link in the email and uh Thaisa opens it up and it's a commercial for her opponent Bill Bathurst uh first of all I didn't even realize that anybody ran commercials for state senate I don't even know if most people know who their state senators are so I, I found that kind of amusing but um the ad stated that Thaisa Turner will cannibalize your tax dollars and then it shows a photo of her <laughs> eating ribs and there's just barbecue sauce all over her face. It looks like it was photoshopped onto her face. Um, just making this just vicious expression. <laughs> it's just, it was funny and horrific at the same time. I mean, talk about a, a terrible, you know, opponent attack ad. I mean, referencing cannibalism, but also kind of clever at the same time. You got to capitalize on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I honestly, I mean, attack ads are, have, you know, Everyone runs attack ads, but this is one of those attack ads that I think would probably work against him. <laughs> right. It, it's a little tacky. Um, and yeah. then, you know, we see Simone, who is Thais's wife, trying to comfort her, saying that she's better than this. And then, of course, Ty comes back with a snarky remark and says, you know, I bet if I dug around in his past, I'd find his family owned a slave or two. Put that in an ad. I loved that. I yeah. loved that. Because, you know, 
no, nobody's going to care about that. I mean, they should, but you know, they should care more about that stuff than, a, than what she did while she was stranded in the wilderness during a traumatic experience. But you know, it's, <laughs> I, I loved, I, I loved that line. Yep. She's kind of a badass and I love yeah. that she's so fierce and she definitely puts that out there quite a bit, um, especially throughout this episode. For sure. Um, and then we shift to <clears throat> a still present timeline. So 2021, uh, we see adult Shauna's house and her husband, Jeff, is making some juice, uh, says he added a little bit of more celery this time. And uh, it's good for your blood pressure, according to the guy at Planet Fitness. Little plug there for Planet Fitness. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, Shauna says she actually likes her blood pressure high. And, uh, you know, if you want to get your heart rate up, just say the word. Um, and here we, you know, have another little incident between her and Jeff where she asks him a question and he's unable to help her. So what happened there? Yeah, she um, she asked him to pick her up at the mechanic shop and um, it was fairly far away. So an Uber would be expensive. And he got kind of awkward. And um, it was kind of obvious that he wasn't being truthful with her. And he told her that he, one of the guys was out and they were getting a delivery. So he had to be at work because he likes to lead from the front. And um, she wasn't buying it, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, she definitely was not. Um, yeah. And, you know, that kind of sets the table for the behavior we see from Shauna as we progress in the episode. Yeah. Um, and here we are again with another storyline in the present. We have Misty and Nat um, in the car and they're driving to New Hampshire to see Travis. And um, I believe this, this song playing here is your favorite song from the episode. Is that correct? No, it's not my favorite. I just laughed at it. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, apparently between podcasts and show tunes, show, tune, show tunes won out. <laughs> but she's listening to Mr. Mistopheles from Cats. And uh, <laughs> because, of course, she is. <laughs> and uh, she's talking about, about dating and all these guys that she's been on dates with. And uh, one stole office supplies. And uh, one asked for her socks afterwards, but never called her. And um, she, because of this conversation here, uh, she gets my... MVP this week, or not MVP, uh, most likely to this week for being most likely to inspire a misery prequel, uh, because who knows what she's doing with these dudes that she's dating. Yes, yes. Uh, most likely to inspire a misery prequel. I love that. And I love the laser beam photo you put together as a nod <laughs> to a yearbook there. Very nice. Yeah, I think um, I, um, who asked for her socks, never called. But, you know, I, I that could be because he's in her freezer. That could be. That could be. Um, You know, I, I liked one comment that Misty made here. She said that dating at their age is kind of like, you know, you're getting the crumbs at the bottom of the chip bag. Um, So, you know, she's clearly very into dating and finding somebody. But unfortunately, you know, uh, selection's not so great. So good luck, Misty. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Natalie's just not really tuned into the conversation no, at all. Natalie does not want to be in the car with Misty whatsoever. Um, no, no. And they pull into a gas station and Nat asks Misty to uh, grab some snacks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Misty's asking what she wants. Da, da, da. Nat says chocolate's good. Um, and she's just like, get out of the car, Misty, right? So finally, Misty goes into the store. And uh, while she's in there getting food, Nat opens the glove compartment and finds the battery cable from Nat's car, 
Yeah. Which now we find out that, you know, Misty definitely sabotaged her car so that they could take this road trip together. Misty is one sneaky bee. Oh my goodness. No kidding. And yep. I, did you catch when she walked into, um, when she walked into the store, Natalie told her what to get and she was like, okay. And <laughs> Natalie kind of mocked her. She's like, okay. <laughs> I that was funny. <laughs> Yes. Um, and then, you know, Misty's eating jerky. And I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about cannibalism and all this. And, you know, here she is eating jerky while Nat is just enjoying a simple Snickers bar. And Nat's like, really, really? Come on. Oh, so Misty just, you know, one thing after another. Oh, my goodness. So inappropriate. Yep. <laughs> Misty's just like, what? It's good. I like jerky. Yes. Um, and we then move back into a past timeline. We get back to 1996. Uh, they are three days into the wilderness after the plane crash. And the girls are rationing their food and water. Jackie's got some poison ivy, very uncomfortable, scratching it. And uh, Travis comes over and steals some of the snacks. And I actually love this line, too. Um, <laughs> Lottie says, who died and made him king of the snacks? And then Nat says, his dad, Lottie literally his fucking dad <laughs> that was a great line i yes. absolutely loved it and you know what cut travis a little bit of slack his dad died he wants some snacks granted maybe they should be conserving but you know at this point they're still holding out hope that rescue is imminent so yes yes yep um and then travis finds his little brother hobby and gives him some of the snacks and um oh my god poor hobby this is so sad so he's still chewing the gum that his dad gave him on the flight to help his ears pop and he didn't want to spit it out like it was the last thing his dad gave him i know and i mean it was just really sad you know Ooh, poor kid gosh. poor kid poor kid yeah, yeah. and uh yeah and and misty is over there um you know trying to get ben to eat and some people were kind of taking this as, as her, because she mentioned that he hadn't eaten in a couple of days mm -hmm. and she can't give him any more pain meds until he does. And some people were taking that as her withholding meds, but he's just, honestly, he's just going to get really sick. Right. He He'll anything. just vomit the medicine right up and then it will do no good anyway. But, you know, it's interesting you say that because, of course, we had seen Misty withholding meds in a prior episode mm -hmm. in her, you know, job at one of the... Um, old person homes so yeah but here um, we can cut her some slack here that's I don't think that's what she was trying to do <laughs> I think so I mean she definitely has his best interest at heart um and she for has now. this whole time for now for now <laughs> she's clearly obsessed with him um so she you know she's doing the right thing trying to get him to eat and then um we see Lottie and she's taking meds from her caboodle um another great 90s moment again I've got my caboodle set up back here I'm obsessed with caboodles and I'm going to mention caboodles <laughs> every single time we see them so another caboodle shot love that 90s nostalgia yep uh, um, and then we see Thaisa coming back from her walk. And what did she find? She found a lake, which is like about the best thing you can find in that situation. Um, yeah. And she said it's like four or five miles away. Uh, and they kind of all start, start arguing about what to do because all of their stuff is there. Um, the flight recorder's there, which they don't realize, you know. <laughs> Has they been don't know destroyed about. by Misty. Completely yeah. destroyed. No more GPS signal. Exactly. So, I mean, so some of them kind of feel it's better to stay put, but I mean, it's a lake. They need water. Um, I mean, it's, you know, there might be fish in there. I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lake. It's a lifeline. Yep. Um, 
So they they take a vote. Jackie is completely opposed to leaving. Uh, Thaisa is really pushing to go. They take a vote. And uh, Shauna ends up voting to go to the lake, which I think Jackie's a little disappointed in. I would say even more than a little, you know, she expects Shauna to always have her back and be on her side. And, you know, here we see Shauna not doing what Jackie wants and not wearing the dress that Jackie wants and actually thinking for herself and making an informed decision, which I think was the right decision. I would have gone to the lake. Absolutely. And, and you know, when they start to, uh, it, the, the lake wins. And as they're right before they leave, Van goes to grab the compass from the plane and Shauna writes a writes an SOS gone to lake message on the plane. Um, and as they're walking toward the lake, there's there's a moment that I really liked where Thaisa thanks Shauna for having her back during the vote. And Shauna really asserted herself and and you know made it known that she's not she's not a follower. She said I I was it wasn't having your back, it was just what I thought. You know, she's she's yeah. making it clear she thinks for herself. <laughs> I mean, they're in a survival situation here. You know, screw the friendships and all this stuff. Like, they just need to survive at this point. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's good they had a democratic process. The lake won. And so now they're heading to the lake. And um, luckily for, you know, Coach Ben, they constructed a stretcher to carry him down there, which, gosh, I'm sure was a completely miserable excursion because it seems like it was more than four or five miles. Yeah, can you imagine? I, I mean, it, and it, you know, it's not exactly smooth terrain. So. Oh no! Oh no! But uh, yeah, there's a little bickering along the way between Jackie and Shauna, and uh, you know, she Shauna offers her some water, and Jackie's just like, "You're backwash, no thanks." Uh, I mean, she's too good to drink the water. Like, get over it, Jackie. You know what I mean? Get over yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And so as they're uh, journeying to the lake, we move back to the present timeline again. Uh, we hear the song Cambodia by Kim Wilde, and we see Shauna at Jeff's store, Sadeki Furniture. And I'm just <laughs> popping up that sign here. Uh, the sign is pretty her. funny. It looks like, you know, an 80s furniture store, not a 2021 furniture store. We have Jeff leaning on this roof, Sadeki Furniture Emporium. Emporium. I mean, <laughs> it is, uh, it is quite the sign for the furniture store. Yes. Um, yes, and, sure. uh, we see Jeff exiting the furniture store and he is carrying a gift and, uh, Shauna decides to take matters into her, her own hands and mm -hmm. follow him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we see more bad driving from Shauna, uh, because she's, she's right behind him. So she's kind of ducking down beneath, like not even watching the road, just trying to not be seen. And this woman's going to really get, get herself into a nasty accident. One of these Another days. accident. Another accident. I mean, she's already, we've already <laughs> seen her in one accident with Adam and we're only three episodes in. So like, get it together, Shauna. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but yeah, she follows him right to the hotel and, uh, and sees him get out of the car. And uh, there's a woman there. And mm -hmm. um, so we're wondering, you know, what are they doing at the hotel? I mean, it's not looking good for Jeff. You know, I would assume an affair would be my assumption at this point, but we will learn more yeah. on that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, now we're back to the past again. We see the girls hiking to the lake and uh, they see something gross. Uh, vultures picking a bear carcass. Um, someone asked what could have done this. And Coach Ben says, probably a wolf because wolves can kill anything if the pack is big enough. Um, and 
you know, if, if you've watched further on, we may look at this as some foreshadowing. Yeah. Hopefully it's not foreshadowing for, for Ben's fate, but <laughs> who knows? It could be. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, if you've seen further episodes, you're picking up what we're thrown down here. So mm -hmm. um, we then get back to the present. Uh, we see Thaisa at the park with Sammy and she's making a phone call. Who is Thaisa calling? She's calling Jessica Roberts. So she's behind Jessica Roberts talking to everybody, yeah. which was kind of a shocker. And now we finally have an answer to one of the questions, you know, who mm -hmm. is Jessica Roberts? She said she was a reporter and, you know, uh, nobody was able to find any information that she was a reporter. So now we've confirmed that Thaisa is behind Jessica Roberts trying to get information and offer these book deals, you know, to the other survivors. So, yeah, um, I don't buy her. I don't necessarily buy her motivation, though. Um, I, I think it's a little more to it. She she mentions that she's doing this because she doesn't want an October surprise in case anybody talks. And mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit more to it than that. I mean, yep. I think so too. I, you know, it, it's a lot for her to sneakily send somebody to talk to the other survivors. I mean, that's a little underhanded, you know, and mm -hmm. so there, there could definitely be more to that. Um, and then, you know, Jessica, Thaisa brings up the attack ad, you know, the cannibalize your tax dollars. And Jessica says, um, you know, maybe they have to hit back. Um, I guess Broughthurst's daughter is a junkie and has done three rehab stints. And uh, she's 18. So according to the two women, she's fair game. So if they're going to attack Thaisa mm -hmm. for, you know, being a cannibal, then they're going to do another low blow and get to her opponent's daughter. I don't blame her. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's kind of nasty going after a family member, but... <laughs> Yes. Yep. Um, and then, you know, while that's happening, we see uh, Sammy had actually punched a kid on the playground, says he mm -hmm. did it. And then, you know, Ty apologizes, but she's a little dismissive. Like she's so caught yeah. up in this campaign that she's really kind of glossing over some of these major issues that are happening with her son. So, yeah, I mean, the, the other mother comes running up and, and she just immediately tries to over explain the situation. She apologizes, but she's just like, oh, I, I, I guess this is what happened. And it's yeah, it's it's a little dismissive, but yes. Sammy admitted it right away. He, yeah, he wasn't he was trying to lie. He was, yeah, he, he owned it, you know. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. The next scene is is the one that really kind of had me puzzled. Um, mm. Like I I must have watched this back like three times, just looking for something. It's just this weird. We flash back to the past, and then we just kind of see this weird ominous scene of them walking to the they're they're walking to the lake still it's a really brief scene but there's all of these weird camera angles that looks like it's from a different point of view like somebody's watching them um and there's this ominous music playing and it focuses on Thaisa the camera focuses on Thaisa a lot who just is kind of looking around feeling a little creeped out by something and um I, I'm hoping that we that we get more of an explanation for that later on because it was it was certainly intriguing it was. And, you know, I think things like this uh, kind of have sparked fan discussions about the supernatural element. Mm -hmm. You know, to this point, we've not confirmed that there is anything supernatural out there or, you know, that there's anybody alive and watching them. Um, so it, it will be interesting to kind of track this and 
see where it goes. Um, as yeah. we get a little further, we'll talk about some of the fan theories about, um, you know, things that could be happening out there. I was going to talk about it in this episode, but I think we'll wait a little, a little more to get into that. So we're not spoiling anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then, um, you know, after this weird little past scene with the creepy ominous stuff, we are then back in the present again. Yes. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're at Ty's house and she's with Simone and they're talking and Ty's kind of minimizing Sammy's behavior and, you know, saying it wasn't really a big deal, which, which is kind of crazy. I mean, he punched a kid on the playground. Um, but she mentions that hearing his mom called names brings it out in him and which, so, you know, there, he, he didn't just punch a kid for funsies, you know, I mean, he, right. Right. Clearly something upset him, but he, he thought the boy said <laughs> that he was a cannonball. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's funny, not funny, right? Like it's not cool to make fun of them, but to get cannibal and cannonball confused. And then he punches the kid. It was, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like Simone is, getting a little aggravated with with Ty not really taking it seriously. And so, you know, Ty tries to step it up a little bit. And she goes to talk to Sammy and tells him, you know, she wants to talk about why he hit that kid. And and uh, he tells her in a very aggressive voice, be quiet. I mean, if my kid said that to me, I got to tell you, that would not fly. Yeah. Yeah. And then she takes his doll from him and then he just he gets even creepier and he just like gets right up in her grill and he's like, give him back. It's <laughs> so. creepy. He's a creepy kid. There's clearly stuff happening here with Sammy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he has like, he's, he's an adorable little boy, but he's, he's definitely got a creepy side. <laughs> yes. Yes. As we saw in the last episode with all of the drawings hanging on his window and the woman in the tree. I mean, there's, there's stuff. There's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, then we get back to the past again. We get to 1996. The girls are still walking and arguing, saying how long it's taken, way over four miles, and Van spots the lake, excitedly runs towards it, and with another great Van one-liner says, oh, hell yeah, bitches. <laughs> and uh, then we hear my favorite song of the episode, which was Dreams by the Cranberries. Um, mm -hmm. Rest in peace to Dolores O'Riordan. I yeah. absolutely love this song. I loved the Cranberries. And, um, you know, I like seeing the girls excited and happy about something. They made it to the lake, you know, here. It was so great. It was yeah. such a great scene. I loved it. Absolutely. Um, and they're all splashing and having fun. And um, there was some really cute dialogue. And uh, tell yeah. us about that. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, Jackie and Mari and Nat were kind of all standing together. And Travis comes by and just kind of playfully splashes them and uh, or playfully splashes Nat and swims away. And, and Mari kind of looks at him a little dreamily and says, is Travis actually hot? <laughs> and uh, Jackie says, it's been three days. You guys can't be that desperate. But then the camera shows Natalie just kind of watching him with a, with a smile on her face. And it looks like she might have a little bit of a crush. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I enjoyed that. I thought that was really funny. Three days in and they're already pouncing. Um, <laughs> hey, I mean, it's got to be good to be like, you know, the one age appropriate guy for right? this huge group of teen girls. I mean, if you've got to be stranded, like, hey, you know, at least you've, you've got some uh, potential mates there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> mates, I don't know. 
weird word, but um, then we get back to the present again, and we see Misty and Nat at Travis's house, and um, you had some notes on the dialogue here. It was really funny, so why don't you run that down for us? Yeah, I, I'm going to repeat the dialogue here because all of it was just so good. Um, they come up to Travis's house, and they're looking inside, and Misty is like, he tells Nat, you should have brought your rifle. We haven't seen Travis in years, and uh, he moved out to the sticks, changed his name, and the house has Unabomber written all over it. Creepy. And, uh, <laughs> I know. And, uh, you know, she's, she's like, I don't see a car. Natalie's still peering through the windows and Misty's just kind of dawdling and says, I don't see a car. We could go back into town, check it out, get some wings, come back later. <laughs> so Misty's trying to make a, a trip, an event out of this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, she's having but, fun with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and they enter the house and <laughs> Misty's first words are, yikes, someone could use a trip to Sunday or Tuesday morning. I loved um, that line and I love Tuesday morning. <laughs> I can't say I've ever been to a Tuesday morning. Oh my God, Never. it's great. They have a lot of really great home good type stuff there. So Misty was really spot on with her assessment <laughs> of the uh, interior decor. Oh, sure. Um, but yeah, she says, uh, this next part is great. I love this. She says, you know, it's never a good sign when a suspect lives like a hermit. We see this thing kind of thing all the time. <laughs> and Nat just comes back with, aren't you a nurse? But she, we know she's also a citizen detective. Citizen detective. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually have some citizen detective merch in our um, shop. I'm going to put that link up. It is antlerqueenspodcast.com. So get your citizen detectives merch and more at antlerqueenspodcast.com. Yeah, and um, so she, uh, Misty says, it's common knowledge that the less a suspect owns, the creepier they turn out to be. And uh, she starts talking about the Gibbsboro ghoul who was stealing teeth. And then uh, Nat just kind of cuts her off and, and asks her to look in the trash because she saw a can back there. And <laughs> Misty is just like, oh, that's a really good idea. You know, you can learn so much about a person by going through their personal refuse. I loved that line. I, I loved that line. Like, she seemed to be really excited at the at the prospect of turning Nat into a, a fellow citizen detective. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I mean, hey, clearly she's uh, she's good at it. She is very informed, knows what to do. And uh, yeah, so um, there they go. They're going to go through the trash. And uh, then we see Nat holding Travis's shirt. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's like a tender moment, right? She finds a Polaroid of them and, you know, and then something kind of weird happens. Um, she sees him kind of like in the mirror behind him, like she sees him there. So, you know, that left me wondering, I mean, is Travis even alive at this point, right? If she's like imagining him, I don't know. It was, it was a little creepy. Yeah. And I mean, and she's, she see there's a picture of them as adults. Um, she sees him as an adult. I mean, they're, they've clearly kept in touch a little bit throughout the years. For them to have at least one adult picture of them. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And uh, yeah. And, and, and then <laughs> I missed you so great in this episode. I love it. We, uh, we go back to the past and uh, we're at the lake and, Misty's with Ben and she tells him to take his shirt off and she'll squirt him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ben says, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And so she pours water, um, over his head anyway, and has this like super 
weird, creepy kind of smile as she's squirting him. And, you know, the word squirt is kind of funny anyway. Like, I feel like it evokes, like, you know, a certain vibe. So, you know, she's here talking about squirting and, I'm, you know, we're watching her squirt him with this bottle. And so there's just, you know, there's a lot to unpack with that squirting scene. Take your shirt off and I'll squirt you. I'm going to, I'm going to make a ringtone of, of uh, Misty saying that, I think. You know, that would actually be a good shirt design too. And with like some like little water drops or something. I feel like, I feel like we could get creative with um, a Misty squirting shirt there. So we'll put that on the list. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but you know, Ben's not, Ben's not having that. And so obviously she just pours the water over him anyway, but I I love Akila. Ty's sitting there braiding her hair and Akila just looks over and, uh, She's like, yeah, if that girl poured water on my head. She, uh, what? Wait, what did she say? She said, if that girl poured water on my head. Um, oh, didn't she say like a leg wouldn't be the only thing she'd be losing? Yeah, like she was just kind of like, you know, that bitch better not be pouring water over me. Or something, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I did not write down the exact quote. Or yeah, I didn't be. either. And it was such a funny line, which I, I don't know why I didn't. I should have scribbled that down. It was really. Well, there's funny. so many funny lines in this episode. You know, there really are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and and she tells. Ty that you know she's got the JV team pooled and that she's not that much of a bitch. <laughs> hmm. And I'm, uh I, I'm kind of get the idea that that Ty is like she picks and chooses who she's a bitch to, and she's super cool to some people and she's a little bitchier to other. <laughs> right, like she's got this armor on, right? And yeah. she chooses, like you said, who to let her guard down around and you know take the armor off and be her true self. But you know, it seems like 80% of the time she's a badass bitch. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and and you know the girls are still in the the water, and some of them are playing chicken. And uh, Jackie and Mari are kind of sitting together in the sand, and Mari's just rambling on about how you know now that we've totally bonded, we should move our lockers together when we get back. <laughs> oh my god! It's yeah, so I know. Random. And Jackie's just you know she's completely up Jackie's ass, and Sean is kind of watching this whole thing. And uh, while she's in the water and Jackie's just not interested in the conversation. But soon as she sees Shauna looking over, she immediately just like tunes in and is just, Ugh, whatever, you know, Jackie. trying to make Shauna jealous, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's about the halfway mark of the episode. And we then move back again to the present timeline. And uh, back to Travis's house, and Misty actually finds his pay stub from a place called Willowbrook Ranch. Um, Natalie points out there's an empty bottle of whiskey on the table and says it's a $200 bottle. And Misty says, well, that's expensive taste for someone who's barely making minimum wage, which is a really keen observation. I mean, why is some you know guy working a minimum wage job drinking $200 bottles? Strange. Yeah. For sure. And we do get an explanation for that later, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Not I mean, later on down the season. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those citizens putting those citizen detective skills to the to uh, the test. That's right. She should really be carrying a badge around. She needs mm-hmm. to make it a little more official. Um, and then, you know, the cops show up and arrest them because, of course, they are breaking and entering and trespassing. And so they go to jail, um, which mm-hmm. we'll see in the next scene or down the line here. But um 
this next scene in the present timeline was one of my favorite things. And I, I think, um, you know, Shauna gets my MVP for this episode for this. Um, so she talk about citizen detectiving, first of all. Right. So she yes. shows up at the hotel front desk. Um, the attendant won't give her any room information. Of course, she's trying to figure out, like, where is my husband? Who is he with? What room is he in? And Shauna says, look, I don't want to have to do this but I'm with Homeland Security. We're undercover, but we just tracked our guy here. And now all we need is the room. I have my badge in my pocket, but this motherfucker has eyes everywhere. If I show it to you, I might get made. <laughs> and I just love that. Like she is not afraid to just go and kind of be an idiot, right? Because clearly she's not, you know, Homeland Security and this, this front <laughs> desk attendant is not buying it. But I love that she put herself out there. So for that reason, she's my MVP of the episode. And oh, then yeah. we have Adam appear. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. Who knows what he's doing there? But right? uh, yeah, he, I mean, he was so perfect. Just moved in flawlessly and approaches her and says, uh, Agent Smith, DC's on the line, briefing. <laughs> I love that. I love that he just swooped in and saved the day. But like, really, what the fuck is he doing there? Like, yeah. why is he at the hotel? Is he following Shauna? You know, um, so I thought that was really funny. And yeah. Shauna, of course, says, oh, my God, what are you doing here? And, you know, he says, well, I'm going to ask you the same thing. But apparently the answer is anti-terrorism. Um <laughs> So anyway, Adam does say that he came there for a drink, his studio's down the street, and the hotel bar makes a classic martini, and then um, they decide to get a drink together. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love how she tells him, you know, if if a bomb goes off, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny. <laughs> yep, yep. And I love those two together. Like, you know, we've only seen them together a couple of times, but they clearly have this kind of cool connection so I like yeah. what he brings out in Shauna yes you know it, it's like she's more fun and authentic and not just you know so I mean she's still her kind of angry self but like they play off each other really well I like that yeah yeah for sure um yeah and then and then we're catching up with Misty and Natalie again and uh this in was jail. so great <laughs> I love this they're in jail and Misty gets so excited oh, and just God. excitedly runs up to Natalie and she's like I bet he thinks we're hookers. <laughs> like another great Misty one-liner. I love that. And I love that she's so randomly excited about people thinking that she's a hooker. Like, I mean, she's so like sexually charged with all of these guys she's dating and, you know, all, all the stuff. So um, I yeah. bet he thinks we're hookers. Misty, you are <laughs> too funny. I love her. <laughs> uh. But uh, yeah, and Natalie asks Misty why she took her battery cable and Misty tells her she just wanted to come with her and didn't think she'd let her. Shocker. <laughs> she definitely would not have let her come, obviously. Yeah. So no. you know, Misty got her way and apparently she made the right choice to get her way. So yeah, at, at least Misty, uh, you know, at least Misty kind of seems to have a firm grip of, grip of reality, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yep. And then uh, they make their phone calls. So uh, Nat actually goes and calls Ty Collect. Ty refuses to bail her out and hangs up on her. Um, and it was implied there, too, that Ty actually paid for Nat's rehab. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe just this time, maybe frequently throughout the past. We're not really sure. But we do find that connection. With, you know, Nat says to her, I, I never asked you to pay for it. So right. I find it interesting, you know, that Ty is taking that responsibility financially, you know, for Natalie. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I would love to know the motivation 
behind that. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then we're back to the past again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and the girls are still having chicken fights, and and uh, and then Ty and Van just kind of share this this pretty loaded smile. So it it looks like there might be something going on there. Yeah, that nonverbal communication was definitely paramount in that scene, and mm -hmm. I think that you know shows us a little something between the two of those girls. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then uh, and then Lottie sees something on the hill and and lets everybody know, and everybody decides to go check it out, and they find an empty cabin and creepy looking as hell. Super <laughs> creepy, like moss growing all over it. It was um, definitely a creepy cabin, but a cabin nonetheless, which clearly they need some kind of shelter in the wilderness. So mm -hmm. good, good eye by Lottie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, they they realize that nobody's been there in a very long time. And uh, Jackie finds some some canned food that's just completely rotted. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they also find, actually, Van finds some um, episodes of um, Big Bodacious Babes and some yeah. other uh, pornographic material. And, yes. you know, the girls are kind of poring over them with wide eyes, laughing, um, looking at the pornographic magazines in this cabin in the woods. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a, a little bit of comic relief in there. Um, that was a funny moment. And oh, Travis has a great line here too. I love this. Oh my god, <laughs> Mari says, "Do guys like actually jerk off to this stuff?" And he says, "No, we hate that shit. You can't even tell what your favorite book is." <laughs> oh my god, I love that. And the the way he delivered the line, I thought was really smart and just like so nonchalant. That was, I mean, again with the one liners in this episode, the writers are just so good. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. And, and then at I, first I thought he, I, I at first thought he said, you can't even tell how big her book is, <laughs> <laughs> which would also be funny, but, but yeah, it's, it, it works both ways. Yep. Yep. It sure does. And uh, then Travis grabs the magazine and Javi follows him outside. And of course he wants to see it. Mm -hmm. um, Travis yells at him to spit the gum out again. Oh my God. Poor Javi with the gum his dad gave him. This is so sad. Uh, Javi, Javi refuses and Travis ends up wrestling the gum away from him and says, you know, in kind of a pissed off manner, dad was a dick, Javi. He's the whole reason we're in this hell. And now he's dead. Dad is fucking dead. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Travis is very angry about it. You know, we're not seeing a lot of the sad emotion from him. We are seeing a lot of anger, resentment. And, you know, I guess who could blame him if they do have a strained relationship? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of stuff going on that we don't know about with them. With many things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that takes us again to the present timeline back to jail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Nat's coming back from her unsuccessful attempt at getting Ty to bail them out. And uh, she says, uh, Misty asked her who she called. And she said someone who I thought was a friend. And I guess I was wrong. And uh, they let Misty out to make a call. And Nat says, who do you have to call your bird? And Missy just says, Haha, Caligula hasn't used, learned to use the phone yet. <laughs> In such a nonchalant way. It's so yeah. funny how casually she delivers some of these lines. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we are 
back at the hotel with Adam and Shauna. They're chatting over their martinis and Shauna tells him that she's confirming a suspicion. Um, mm -hmm. She asks why he's there and uh, he was just getting a drink and, you know, makes it kind of seem like serendipity, like the universe is bringing them together, you know, not like he was stalking her or watching her, which we don't know that he was. Right. I was just saying, I think it's really weird and creepy. And maybe it is fate that they both ended up there together, but like kind of coincidental. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And uh, and then they're back at the jail and uh, the cop says, your, your friend phoned a winner. And um, <laughs> it turns out that the person she called was our friend Kevin Tan, <laughs> who... When they ran into him at the bar, Misty had pocketed his business card. And uh, we find out that she's been texting him. Pretending, pretending to be that. Like, what? <laughs> Who is this catfisher? Like, what is she doing? Oh, my and, God. You know, and we didn't mention, we didn't, we didn't talk about the fact that while they were in the car on the way to Travis's and uh, they were talking, she was talking about guys, it, her phone goes off and she gets a text message and she starts like, she kind of smiles like she's, like she's flirting with somebody and, and uh, Nat asks who it is. And she's like, just a friend for now. <laughs> so mm -hmm. she was clearly chatting with, with Kevin Tan. <laughs> right. And you know, what I, I loved about her next line is, you know, Nat says like, what have you been saying to him? And she says, well, mainly I've just been trying to channel you. So, you know, dark and deadpan, <laughs> which I thought was great. And I feel like that could make another fun shirt design, dark and deadpan, like, yeah. you know, be like Nat or something. I don't know. But dark and deadpan, those two words so accurately describe Natalie and Misty is spot on. And she's very intuitive with being able to you know, pretend to be somebody else. Um, but apparently she's very adaptable. Yeah. It, you know, and Natalie just kind of comes back with, yeah, I can only imagine. And Misty's like, yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> yep, exactly. She just proves the point right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we go back to 1996 again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jackie had kind of stormed out and thrown a tantrum earlier and was just really frustrated. I have to say this, this was hard for me to watch because this has to be my biggest pet peeve out of all of my pet peeves is seeing people complain about things they can't change. <laughs> right. I mean, it's hard sometimes because naturally, you know, that's your natural reaction. Of course you want to complain, but um, it's not helping anybody. Right. Not, I mean, they're all stuck Jackie. in the situation together. They all need to pull together. And Jackie's just kind of throwing a tantrum over the whole thing. And she's really and, um, the only one. Like everyone yeah. else seems to be maintaining a pretty reasonable attitude and outlook except for her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, she's just kind of sulking by by herself on the front porch. And uh, Shauna decides to come out. She starts feeling a little bad for her. And she comes out, brings her a blanket and apologizes and just kind of explains, you know, she's, she's just scared and none of them know what they're doing. And uh, she just really needs her best friend right now. And that kind of melts Jackie a little bit. And, uh, you know, Jackie just gives her a big hug and tries to, tries to calm her. So Jackie, Jackie and Misty both clearly seem to, uh, their, their weakness is feeling needed. It seems. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And uh, oh gosh, this next scene, you know, we see oh. Ben swatting flies away from his head and his leg stump. And yeah. like, I mean, it almost made me want to vomit in my mouth. And, you know, for a second I was thinking, you know, maybe Coach Ben should actually be my MVP for like literally losing his leg and not losing his complete shit. Because I know if my leg was off and there were flies swarming around it, like, I would be having a pretty major tantrum. So, like, he's holding it together pretty well, considering that there are fucking flies swarming around his stump. Yeah, yeah. For 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 a second, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just the poor guy just he falls off the the porch, and they just hear this scream, and that's when he finally like he just melts down, and he just like this. I this was. He was so good. Steven Kruger was so good because you like you you felt like you could actually feel the pain that he was going through. And, you know, it was just like he he held it to he held this shit together and he just couldn't do it any longer. Could not do it any longer. Yeah. And he was just screaming, you know, fuck you. Fuck you. Why? Why am I like this? Why couldn't I have died? Um. And this scene is is really kind of what uh, the the biggest contributor to why I gave Misty the uh, the most likely to spot this week um, to inspire a misery prequel because she um, she kind of well she approaches him and first he punches her in the face which I mean was just he didn't mean to it was just a reflex but I I think he I still think he should have apologized at least afterwards. <laughs> but, uh-huh. They're kind of even, like she chopped his leg off. So Yeah, I you know. know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he punches her in the face and uh, and she just kind of, she waits a couple seconds for him to calm down a little bit and then comes back up to him and just embraces him. And she's like stroking his head and she's like, we uh, we need you and, and that's why you didn't die. And I'm here for you, Ben. And she just kind of keeps whispering that in his ear with this creepy smile on her face. Super creepy. And I just want to note also the grip in which she started embracing like his head and, and neck. Like for a split second, I actually thought she was going to put him out of his misery and snap oh my God. his neck. I did not screen grab that to show, but like, she's kind of like, you know, wrapped around him and it looks like she's just like one twist away from just like snapping his neck. So I got yeah. that vibe. I was glad to see she did not snap his neck. But, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, but like, seriously though, like poor coach Ben, like he really like did his very best to hold it together until he fell off the porch and like poor guy, like he's, He's wearing the lost leg as well as he can at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You're in a situation like that. You have to melt down at some point. Yep. Absolutely. And um, after, you know, it looked like Misty was going to snap his neck and kill him and she did not. We um, see another flashback to Ty's childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she's she's with her grandma again and she's kind of singing this little song and, and, uh, suddenly her grandmother gets, she stiffens up and and she looks like she sees something and just starts yelling, don't come over here. And she sees what looks like Michael Jackson with no eyes. 
and you know it does look a lot like michael jackson and and funny because he actually has a song called the man in the mirror yeah this is like a michael jackson looking man in the mirror here and uh just like a totally random fun fact michael jackson died on my birthday so like every really? year i'm always like oh my god it's the anniversary of michael jackson's death it was such a weird day but anyway two wow. michael jackson references here and you were spot on with saying you know this creepy guy has like super pale skin and it doesn't look like he has any eyes it's very very creepy yeah and and thais is like who are you talking about and the the grandma says that man with no eyes and thaisa turns around and sees him and starts screaming oh my god it's so creepy yeah, yeah. so creepy yeah exactly um yeah and then uh you know goes to the present and she's checking on sammy um, and she, uh, she asks him if he understands why he was punished. Um, and she says, when people do bad things, they should get punished. Don't you think? And, and he says, yes, he agrees. He was so cute here. <laughs> I just wanted to squeeze him. Uh, and then she says, well, okay, then next time you'll, you'll use your words and not your fists. And in the morning you can have Manny, his doll back. And, uh, he asks her why people don't like her. <laughs> I know. And uh, and she says, I'm different from what people expect, and it scares them. Um, but whatever they say about me, I hope you know it isn't true. That's a great t-shirt quote, too. That is. I mean, we're, we're pulling lots of good one-liners here. Got to get our, our art designs. Yes. But uh, yeah, Sammy has a really important line here next. He says, I know, you're not the bad one. And Thaisa says, Sammy is someone else the bad one? And... Sammy just kind of closes off and says goodnight and rolls over. Oh, so creepy. Like, poor Sammy. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine, like, what's going on in his head. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot of, lot of things happening there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Thaisa kind of, she leaves his room. And then she's, like, kind of, you know, mulling something over. And she picks up the phone and calls Phil Bathurst and uh, attacks him. And she says, uh, she brings up the attack ad and she says, I won't think twice about destroying you, your family, and your entire existence. Another move like that and your daughter's face is above the fold of every newspaper in the tri-state area. Don't fuck with me, Phil. <laughs> Whoa. And we yeah. know not to fuck with Thaisa because, you know, we've already seen her break somebody's leg basically right in half, which, you know, she wasn't fully intending to break it, but like she's pretty intense and you know i would not fuck with taisa either no just, no just don't saying. fuck with taisa do not get on her bad side <laughs> <laughs> um and then we go back to the past timeline again um you know again uh ty goes to check on lottie who's outside another ty focused scene um lottie doesn't want to go in because she has a, a bad feeling about the place and um you know a bad feeling i don't believe in that shit, and you're not going to either okay so get your ass inside um so you know thais is showing her emotional side here she's trying to comfort lottie and you know say you know this bad feeling it's it's nothing get over it right so um yeah and it's really interesting considering you know what was going on when she was a little girl that she's just you know she just blows it off so easily yeah. Yep. It's, absolutely. Uh, um, but you know, we, we find out that Lottie is, is pretty intuitive. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see that here in a second. Yeah. And, um, in the next scene we have, uh, rotating tie timelines 
three of them simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Well, we should mention first that uh, they quit very quickly show Adam and Shauna going into a hotel room. Oh, that's so, right. That was like a three second thing. You're absolutely right. And yep. gosh, we're, we're all over the place. I just realized we forgot to bring up something super important um, that when they're getting drinks, she sees Jeff. We didn't mention that part. That's right. And she sees him and says, I think that's when she says that she was trying to confirm her suspicion yes. is maybe when she sees him. Yes. And yep. she sees him walking with this, this woman, with this blonde woman. And, you know, the whole episode, I'm thinking, God, what an asshole. He's cheating on, on Shauna. That's terrible. Then when I saw them, as soon as I saw them, I'm like, there's something else going on. That dude is not, he's not sleeping with her. <laughs> Yeah, you could tell, you know, kind of the vibe. But we should also point out, you know, regardless of if he's cheating or not, Shauna's also sitting at the bar having drinks with another dude whose number, you know, she wrote on her arm. So, yeah, yeah. Neither one are completely innocent and are both being sneaky in some fashion here. Exactly. Um, so, so sorry to sorry to go back to the past. I just realized we hadn't talked about that. <laughs> no, we are all about being thorough here at the Antler Queens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go ahead. You were going to kind of walk us through the uh, the weird yes. timeline switch here. Yes, we have three simultaneous uh, rotating timelines, all Thaisa's, and there's some super ominous kind of creepy music. Um, first, we see the way past. Uh, Ty's approaching her grandmother's casket at the wake, and oh my God, she opens her eyes to see like the white in her eyes. And I'm just thinking like, you know, I was probably her age when I went to a funeral and there was no chance ever I would have put my hand anywhere on a dead person like yeah but also who the hell worked on her grandma i mean they're supposed to they're supposed to glue the eyes shut it's like they put those little those little white caps in and then they glue them shut and but no she got those eyes all the way open god so like <laughs> did they do a bad job on the uh, i don't know uh, uh you're right though they usually do either like glue them or sew them or something but yeah but like for her to even you know put her hands in the casket i was like whoa that's next level yeah no kidding <laughs> no fear i mean oh mm-hmm um, and then um, another Thai timeline we see in the present, uh, she goes down to her basement and she finds Manny, who is Sammy's doll. And um, Manny is on the basement floor. He's super roughed up and he's missing an eye. So like something happened to the doll. Like it looks pretty yeah. destroyed there on the floor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then uh, it's, it's what's kind of interesting is that the next scene, it flashes to 1996 and Taisa finds the upstairs with the, the ladder. There's a ladder going upstairs. It's kind of hidden in a closet. So I don't even know if they realized that there was an upstairs yet. Didn't they hear like a creaking or something on the floor above them before they even went to check it out? Yeah, I think so. I think maybe. I think maybe okay. they did something. I, I, I could be wrong. But yes, then they, they go up the ladder. And yeah. Ta yeah. Taisa goes up to check it out. And Lottie's just kind of sitting there just looking freaked out and she says I told you and Thaisa turns around and sees a skeleton sitting in a chair and um there's a symbol carved into the floor and you know what's interesting is uh it's in and it's the same symbol that uh that we see throughout the show but it was we've already on the seen tree it. we've seen it yeah. on the tree yeah yeah we've already seen it on the tree at this part but um yeah, in all three timelines, I mean, you know, there's like, there's this theme of 
of missing eyes. Yes. Um, and, you know, just a quick note on the symbol. A lot of the fandoms are discussing, you know, this. We, we don't know yet exactly what it is, but it seems it could be related to hobo code. Uh, a lot of the fans are, you know, saying that this particular symbol, you know, could be um, a combination of different hobo code um, symbols. I, you know what, I, I think it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously a, um, it's obviously some type of original sigil, um, but it's, I think it could be a combination of, of a few different things. Um, a lot of people are saying hobo code. Some are saying like sacred geometry. Oh, because we do have the trig references everywhere too. So that's an yeah. interesting observation. Yep. But the, uh, the hook on the bottom looks exactly like the symbol for Saturn. Ooh. Yeah. So it's, and you know what, what's funny is I, this is embarrassing, but I wasted like two hours of my time a few weeks ago just getting lost in this rabbit hole of trying to decode the symbol. And I came across the, um, like the, the symbol for Lucifer. <laughs> Ooh. And it's it's not I mean it's it's not the same there but it's very similar. It kind of has like a it has some similarities. Hmm. Which I found interesting. And you know that hook part on the bottom too. I've seen people talking about um can relate to something that happens in future episodes uh mm -hmm. which we won't mention now, but so th there's all kinds of speculation essentially. Yeah. Nobody knows. It's funny like people are rocking like shirts and bumper stickers. I feel like someone might have even gotten a tattoo. I thought I thought I saw in a fan <laughs> group. But it's funny cuz some people are like, "Hey, like you don't even know what the symbol means, you know? Maybe we should wait to find out." But I think People are just so excited and, you know, owning it and very into yellow jackets. They're just putting it out there. So um, I'm yeah. very interested to see what the symbol means once we do finally find out. Yeah. And, and we're not going to we're not going to figure it out until the show tells us, because, you know, I think they were really careful to try to make it as original as possible and let people come to their own conclusions. Absolutely. Um, so after that scene where we see the dead cabin hunter skeleton in the rocking chair and the symbol carved on the floor, we're back at the present for the final scene. Mm -hmm. And we see Nat and Misty arrive at Willow Brook Ranch. And oh boy, what do they find? They find Travis hanging by a noose. And Misty tries to stop Natalie. Um, from going over there and Natalie sees it and oh my god this just this just broke my heart she sees him and just Ugh. like falls down crying just sobbing it was so sad I I yeah. can't even imagine like finding somebody that you care about or actually anybody at all you know in that situation it was it was rough and it was like really high up in this yeah. barn like it was the placement of it didn't seem very like suicide -y to me yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It almost, it looked like he was hanging from like a, was he hanging from like the, the rafters or was he hanging from like, like a, a crane or something? Yeah, it it looked like a piece of machinery, like a, a crane or something. And it was, it was pretty high up there. So it's yeah, not like he just like up. stepped on a step ladder and, you know, let himself go. Like there was, a, it looked like a whole orchestrated situation for that. To happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is, I mean, almost immediately after they see him, they hear sirens. Um, so the the police somehow already know have been alerted to this. Um, 
And uh, so, you know, they rush out of there, but it's, you know, you gotta wonder, I mean, it's possible he could have called the police maybe before he did it, you know, I mean, or somebody else could have. <laughs> like, where did the sirens come from and why? I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, unanswered, uh, unanswered questions there. So, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting that, that Misty and Natalie did not have to phone it in. They were already on their way. Yep. But, uh, poor, poor Nat, like that was, that was really, really hard, mm -hmm. to, hard to watch. And, and then we actually see them, um, you know, driving and, um, we see another reference to Misty citizen detective skills. She had done that trick where you find the piece of paper they last wrote on, and then you like you know, scratch the pencil over it to see the last thing they wrote before the page was torn off. Mm -hmm. And the note says, tell Nat she was right. And Nat insists that Travis did not kill himself. And I've got to say, I agree. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, um, you know, she and Missy asks her, too, do you know what you're right about? And Natalie has no clue what it means. Um, but she says she knows she's right about this. He didn't kill himself. Yep. And um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think I don't know if anybody ever really believed that he killed himself. I think the general consensus among the viewers viewing audience is that, yeah, somebody somebody was behind it. Yep, absolutely. And, and you know, we need to find out why. Lots of lots of questions. You know, we get we get another answer here with this mystery box format. We find out, you know, where Travis is and his situation, but it just opens up so many more questions. I think I know who's behind it. Well, we do find out and we don't want to give spoiler alerts. You know, maybe we should from now on do like a segment at the very end where we say, hey, we're going to give some spoiler alerts. Mm -hmm. Tune out if you haven't watched. And, you know, we kind of discuss some of this foreshadowing stuff. Maybe not for today, maybe for next time. Yeah. Something we yeah, can talk sure. about. Um, so, so that's the episode, you know, we end mm -hmm. on a very sad, 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 sad note. Um, yeah. yes. Um, and you know, we, we talked a little bit about the music in this episode, mm -hmm. um, music from episode three, we had dreams from the cranberries. We had grandma's hands from Bill Withers, uh, Cambodia by Kim Wilde, Vienna by Ultravox. And uh, Mr. Mistopheles, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber from the Cats original Broadway. So, yeah. um, again, Cranberries for me did it. I owned all the Cranberry CDs, and I was, like, devastated when Dolores revered and died. So I liked that song yeah. choice very yeah. much. For, for me, I mean, that's probably my favorite song. Um, that's probably my favorite song from, from this episode, but I, I've got to go with my pick is going to have for this week has to be Vienna by Ultravox just because it's, it's such a haunting song. And we hear that song a couple other times throughout the season. Um, and it, it kind of, um, it, it is kind of attached to Natalie and Travis. Um, and it's just, it's so haunting and it's, it's just a really great, it adds a real punch of feeling, I think every time that song comes out. Absolutely. The music choice in general, like I say in every single episode, is just so spot on. They're so smart with the music, the nostalgia, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the product placement and brand mentions, um, really clever writing team and another great episode. Um, yeah. 
next week coming up, we have episode four, which is called Bear Down. Mm -hmm. And I cannot wait to cover that. Um, and, you know, before we go, also, I wanted to share this cute photo of my friend Dana, Yay. who received her Antler Queen's cute, cute, cute tank top. Thank you, Dana, for purchasing that. And uh, we've got all kinds of designs. Uh, you can get your Antler Queen's podcast merch at antlerqueenspodcast.com. Go check it out. And if you do buy something, I know a couple of my other friends out there have, um, take a picture and we would love to feature you, you know, here um, on the podcast. And, um, you know, that said also, there are so many yellow jackets like TikToks and Reels and Vines accounts out there. So if you've got a fun edit, um, we would love, love, love to show that here also, um, especially for next week. If you've got anything rel related to episode four, um, you know, DM us at any of our accounts. And um, yeah, we, we want to get more fans involved. So like, tell us your favorite 90s moments, your favorite songs, um, you know, share your creative edits and reels. We just want to get fans involved as much as we can. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I I think that's it for the episode. I think so too. Uh, we will be back next Thursday at 12.30 p.m. Uh, live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And uh, you can listen to us anytime. Uh, visit uh, Antler Queens podcast. Actually, I believe the Antler Queens podcast, uh, theantlerqueens.com. Let me get mm -hmm. that right. Theantlerqueens.com. And uh, that will have links to all of our social media profiles and where you can listen. Um, we are still working on getting approved for Apple Podcasts. That is in process. <laughs> so be patient. You can find us on the others in the meantime. Yes. Um, and with that, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, hey, Kelly. What's up? Buzz off. Buzz off. Antler Queens. <laughs>